That's truth. That happened. And that's what peace looks like. Who started? Yeah, what started? That's not the who, it's the what. What, what started this very unusual peace? Singing, Silent Night, what languages? German and English. Who led the way in the peace? One fella. One fella on each side. Just took one on each side. There are several exchanges of peace between the British and the German soldiers. Which exchange of peace gripped you the most? You, you, you felt the, your, your heart kind of skip a beat. Your eyes might have welled up. Mm-hmm. Handshake. Showing the picture of the wife or mom. Okay, my name is. Yeah. Okay. The gift exchange. What ended the peace? The sound, the, the, the sound of gunfire. We don't know the answer to the last question, but we can try to make an attempt. Were these soldiers able to kill one another after they returned to their respective trenches? Who are you at war with? This is a time for you to look in your heart and to be honest with yourself and with God. You don't, you don't have to, you know, no one's asking for confessions but who are you at war with? When did the quarrel or the strife or the conflict begin? In the battle, what have you done to bring peace to the conflict? And when will your strife when will your strife end?
as people who follow Jesus, we are not people that wage war. Waging war is not an ethic of Jesus. We grieve. I, I grieve more, you know, the more the longer I live and the more we continue to have conflict, whether it be between people or between families or between nations, the more I grieve, the deeper, because I know that waging war is not what Jesus wants for humanity. That's not what he wants. It's not okay. It's not something we just accept and say, well, that's just the way it's going to be until Jesus returns. Again, Jesus returns not just in the future, but in the present. So when Jesus returns to us in the present, how does he transform us from the inside out to be peacemakers? James writes about this. Where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Why, why is our history strewn with war and quarrels? Do you think they just happen? That's just the way it is. Think again. Engage the brain. <laughs> Read some history. They come about because you want your own way. And fight for it deep inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have, and you're willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours, and you risk violence to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. You spoiled children, each wanting your own way. You're cheating on God. You're cheating on God. If all you wanted is your own way, flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God in His way. And do you suppose God doesn't care? As God looks upon humanity, do we suppose that God doesn't care how humanity has responded to the sending of His Son? The Prince of Peace? The proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud and God gives grace to the willing humble. God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. So let God work his will in you. So the source of our quarrels and the source of the wars that break out in human history begin inside us. Begins inside of us. 
We want our own way. And that wanting our own way can grow to being a lust. And that lust for our own way, it it captures everything that we are. And what I want, I want, I want, I want. And it inflames us to the point that sometimes we're willing to kill for whatever we want. What also goes along with that is not only do I want it, but I deserve it. We want what isn't ours and will risk violence to get our hands on it. And what we want, we fail to ask God for. And we fail to ask God for that because when we ask for those things, we ask with self-centered motives. So that, that's, that's what tumbles around in humanity. We all share that in common. doesn't matter where we live. On the globe, doesn't matter what time we live in, this is the state of humanity without Jesus and without a surrender to Jesus. We stop being friends of God and we start being friends of the world. Why? It's because the world allows us to behave in all of these ways. Think about that for a moment. Think about it. The message of the world to each and every one of us is you you deserve to get your own way. And many times the messaging that goes along with that is it doesn't matter how you get it. The point is just that you get it because you deserve it. And when we partner with the world... We actually commit spiritual adultery. We say, hey world, you're a better partner for me to get what I want than God. And so I'm going to hook up with you. You're now my partner. It's an adulterous affair that we have with the world. And we depart from our friendship with God and we rely on our new friend, the world. And in some way, at some level, because of that, we we create a bigger problem, but we also are introduced to the solution. Because of who God is, not because of who we are. Because who God is. I want you, you you just got like a cursory reading of James 4. I ran through that. You probably didn't read that this morning in your devotional. You probably didn't read it this week. You probably haven't read it in a while. So I'm going to encourage you to go back and read because what I'm about to say might like catch us off guard. James tells us in this scenario, he's telling us this is our problem. This is where war, this is where quarrel, this is where it starts. This is where friendship with the world comes in. This is when people start leaving relationship with me. And God is a jealous lover. 
it's not okay with God that those that know him have committed their lives to Jesus who follow him. It's not okay that they abandon the relationship with him to go with another lover. It's not okay. He's a jealous lover. Literally, God yearns jealously for the spirit, the life that he has made to dwell in us. God yearns jealously for the spirit, probably life. God breathed his life into man and became a living being. God yearns jealously for the life that he has made to dwell in us. Just again, think about every time we in some way contribute to the death of another human being, God yearns jealously for that life. God is a God of life. And so what does he do? As he yearns jealously for those that are choosing someone else, what, what does he do? Now this is what will blow my socks off. I have socks on. Watch them come off. God gives all the more grace to his cheating children. These aren't my words. Again, this way, you need to go back and read James. I mean, if we, if we had our way, we know what we'd do with those cheating children. We, and we do it all the time. You hear it all the time. And you hear how, how God is so mad at those cheating children. God is jealous for those cheating children. God doesn't judge those cheating children in the way of he's just going to get rid of them. There is discipline. I believe in that. But I don't believe in the harsh judgment of God because of his word, what he says. I'm a jealous God. And in order to bring my children back to me who are cheating, I'm going to pour out even more grace upon them. Un. Believable. Do you, does this stuck in your brain? It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Is that stuck in your head? Say it with me. The kindness of God leads us to repentance. It's the kindness of God. It's not the wrath of God. It's the kindness of God. Here's the other one. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Say it with me. Mercy triumphs over judgment. May the Holy Spirit empower us to live that. If there ever was a time that the church of Jesus Christ need to live the truth of the word of God, it's now. God gives all the more grace to his cheating children. He opposes the proud. God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble. And it's his grace, it's his mercy, it's his kindness that breaks us and brings us running back to him. That's an incredible truth. So the encouragement of James is this. So let God, work his will in you. God wants us 
to come to him with our requests. God wants to provide for us in ways that are just over and above what we could ever ask or imagine. These, these words that we share, these are truths. This is the truth. The only way that we can know it's the truth is it's written, it's saved for us, but it becomes the truth in another level when we actually experience the truth as the truth. The truth is the truth in the book, but until we experience the truth of the truth, we can talk about it all day long. But it's got to become the reality of our lives. Let God work his will in you. Our quarrels, our strife, our conflicts, even our war. That's the opposite of peace. What God wills for us is peace. God wills for us the end of quarrels. God wills for us the end of conflict. God, he wills for us the end of strife. God wills for all of humanity the end of war. That's what God wants. That's what he wills. That's what God has set up. So how do we let God work his will in us? God, help us. God, it's, God, transform us. There's something, there's a mechanism within us that must be transformed by your kindness, by your mercy, by your overwhelming love, and by you gifting us so that we can do what we would not normally do. So let's just have some moments couple of moments. Our, our ministry time in this season I'm calling the, the ministry of presence. The presence of our King rests upon us. So just take, again, just take a moment, connect with Him. Jesus, you're here. Jesus, we welcome you. Jesus, we invite you to do within us what we cannot do for ourselves. So in this moment of presence, this moment of being with Jesus together, right where you are, you don't have to do this out loud. I'm not asking you to do this out loud. Confess any conflict, any struggle, any quarrel going on in your soul right now. Holy Spirit, reveal to us where we're not at peace. Help us to confess to any conflict, any struggle, any quarrel going on in our soul.
confess any conflict that's broken out of your soul and it's infected your relationships. Conflict, quarrel, struggle within sooner or later breaks out and it infects the people around you. A lot of times it's your family, sadly. Other times it's coworkers. By golly, by gum, it's sometimes it's people that you sit next to in a church service. And sometimes for you, we let that stuff fester for years. Holy Spirit, help us to recognize we're at conflict and where it's affecting the relationships of our life. Holy Spirit, reveal to us any friendship, any pact we've made with this world. Show us where we've turned to the world to answer, to provide, to be our resource. And we've turned away from you. Okay, take a deep breath. We're, that, we're done with confession. Okay, you're done with confession, but now you've got to receive. You ready to receive? God, pour out your grace on us. Just as what, what we just read, pour your grace out upon us. Pour out your kindness. Pour out your mercy. Renew our friendship with you. Finally, Holy Spirit, as we go from this time in your presence, identify for us what it is that we want. What is it that we want? What is it that we need? And Holy Spirit, remind us that we have a Father and a King who wants to provide for us. So send us out with this, just this reminder to identify and to ask so that you could provide for us. Finally, I want to end with just this encouragement. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. No more war. No more quarrel. No more struggle. Do your part to bring an end.
As I extinguish the candles, I, I don't want you to have this picture of, well, there goes my hope. <laughs> there goes the love. No. Again, I want you to remember, in, in the, just, just to use an analogy, that some of the incense that rose was a smoke. So just allow the smoke to be our prayers, our invitations, our desire for our king to rule over us. Those are just going up to heaven, okay? Just keep that in mind. I'll end the service, but sit for a moment before you leave and just say thank you for whatever the Holy Spirit has done in our lives this morning. Thank Him for that. It took two puffs to blow out peace, so that's encouraging. <laughs>